was the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? If you're like me, it's been quite some time. Hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I welcome you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and my friends from around the world to join us live. Put on a comfortable pair of pajamas, pull up a chair, and settle in with your favorite refreshment. And prepare to be blessed as I welcome tonight's guest. Hi, everyone, and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and with me on the line, I have a very special guest, and that is Heather Bowen with Life of a Homeschool Mom. You can find Heather on her blog, which is lifeofahomeschoolmom.com, um, as well as uh, the same on Facebook, and she has a whole lot of social media links there, so instead of me reading them all to you, I um, urge you to go over and check it out, and welcome, Heather. Thank you, Felice. I'm, I'm so excited to be here tonight. So, Heather, before you get started, I, I wanted to chat with you um, a little bit about, um, you know, how you got started blogging and a little bit about your family. I know you're going to share more with us as you get started with your presentation. I am. Um, I'm, I'm going to go into a lot of that, but um, I will say that I blogging was never something that was on my radar. Um, it was always, you know, we my blog was solely just for documenting our homeschooling journey. I had no idea that, number one, I had no idea that people could blog professionally and make money from it, and I never had a desire to do that. Um, so it was really a God thing, and yeah, I'm going to get into more of that in just a few minutes. Um, but yeah. I am a homeschooling mom of two daughters, and I live in North Carolina with my husband. And that is basically the extent of who I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it because um, I don't always get to meet my guests in real life, and I was able to connect with Heather this past, uh, was it October or November of last year, Heather? Um, mm-hmm. I think it was October. I remember. Yeah, and it was um, in North Carolina. I flew there and attended a, a blogging convention. And when I found out Heather was going to be there, I messaged her on Facebook and said, save me some time. I want to meet with you. And um, we got to go out to dinner with a big group. And um, But it was fun that I got to meet you and, and share a little bit about, um, you know, what we're doing here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and also – um, invite Heather to speak, and um, between the two of us, we are very, very busy, and um, I'm just happy and delighted that you've uh, taken some time out, Heather, from your be- busy schedule away from your family, I know, um, and, you know, you're going to do a presentation. So Heather's going to um, do her presentation. If you want to hear this audio, I know many of you are listening live tonight, um, please go to mommyjammiesnight.com and um, uh, look for the post uh, that is, um, hold on one second, uh, it is Staying Sane Amidst the Chaos um, with Heather Bowen. I never remember what we've called these episodes. <laughs> and you would think I would have written it down, but I'm looking at the page here. And so you can listen to this later. You can subscribe on iTunes. This will be available on iTunes um, probably within the hour after we uh, finish recording and and the audio is uploaded, as well as, um, excuse me, any of your um, podcast apps on your phone. Uh, You can access uh, this audio as well as many of the others on this network. 
And so uh, for those of you who are here live, we have a special party favors link. So even if you're listening on the phone um, and you're on the road, a lot of people listen, um, you know, when they're out and then they come back to this page, uh, just go to mommyjammiesnight.com. And if it's in uh, within the day of uh, the, po- the blog um, post, uh, you will be able to see um, on the Mommy Jammies Night page um, the links for uh, the party favors. But normally that's just for the people who are here live. Uh, so we encourage you to come uh, to visit us live as we record the event. And then, of course, they are available in the archives. So, Heather, I am going to sit back and listen as you share uh, your heart tonight with all of us, and then I'll be back at the end, and we'll take some questions from the audience. Okay. Thank you. So, I think that chaos has always been a part of my life, especially my life since college. Um, In an 11-month time period, uh, my husband and I had a baby, got married, I began nursing school. And we had another baby, all within 11 months. So, yeah, I think we we started out chaotic, and I think that's, that's just the theme of our lives. Um, as if our lives weren't chaotic enough, about the time my oldest was to start kindergarten, it, God made it clear that he was calling us to homeschool. Now, he was calling us to homeschool while we both worked full-time outside the home but it was a definite call. So add a little more crazy to the mix, and we began homeschooling both of our daughters. And while I, while we both continued to work outside the home, opposite schedules, and, yeah, chaos just was abounding all through our lives. Um, but, you know, as I don't know. I'm not sure if Felice had covered this or not, but, I haven't always been a blogger. Um, I have been a professional blogger since 2013, and I run the blog Life of a Homeschool Mom. But I have not always blogged. As I was saying earlier, if you were if you were in the the very early parts of this um, this Mommy's Jamie Night tonight, um, blogging was never really on my radar. Um, so. The first four years of our homeschooling journey, I worked full-time as a nurse. Um, It was absolutely insane. Um, But I'm here to say we have survived those years, and we've just finished our fifth grade homeschooling year, and we had reached that magical point in the year, and all homeschool moms will know exactly what I'm talking about here. We had reached that magical point in the year. Keep in mind, I'm in North Carolina. We have very few homeschooling laws in North Carolina, uh, but one of them, we have a recommendation of schooling for 180 days, but we must give an end-of-grade test. Um, So I had gotten to that point in the year where, you know, we had reached the amount of days that we, that they recommended that we school, and I had just gotten to where I was done. (laughs) We, We still had a few more math lessons to go. We still had a few maybe two more weeks of spelling, and I had full plans of, you know, finishing out the year, doing all the lessons. That's crazy, by the way, but that was my plan. But, you know, we had gotten to this week, and I just said, you know what, enough's enough. Ordered the end of the year test, gave them, and we are done. Voila, summer break is here. Um, So, yeah, we had reached that magical point, and and we're done. So we just finished our our fifth grade year. 
And it was a good year. Um, it was a chaotic year. Like I said, I think that theme is what follows me through my life. Um, but I don't think it's just me. I asked uh, some of the ladies today on my Life of a Homeschool Mom Facebook page and in my Facebook group, which is Frugal Homeschooling Moms, to name one word that would describe their lives right now. And the top responses that I received from the ladies who replied to me were was overwhelmed, chaotic, busy, blessed, strained, tired. So there's no big surprises there, right? I figured, I figured that the, the top responses would be overwhelmed or chaotic and blessed. Because we as homeschooling moms are so incredibly blessed to have this life. Each day I wake up and I thank God for the gift of homeschooling, even if the previous day was a horrible day, even if the new day has started out to be not so great. Homeschooling is a huge blessing. But guys, it is exhausting. As homeschooling moms, we wear so, so, so many hats. We're wives. We're mothers. We're home educators. We're homemakers. We're daughters. We're friends. Some of us are probably team moms. Some of us are probably ministry leaders. Many homeschooling moms now work outside the home. I, I know all too familiar what that life is like. That is overwhelming in and of itself. Um, and many of us as homeschooling moms are now have now decided to leave the workforce, and, but when we come home to homeschool our children, we still need to provide for our families, um, and we still want to pursue our own passions. And we do that by working from home, and that opens up a whole new can of crazy. Working from home and homeschooling can be absolutely insane. But let me be honest here. Homeschooling was never, ever, ever on my radar. I loved my nursing career, and I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. That was never a desire of mine. Um, my mom was not a stay-at-home mom. So that was kind of foreign to me. Um, I never, I never wanted to stay home. I wasn't a great homemaker to begin with. Um, and I remember a time in my life, uh, my girls were, I think they were both in daycare at this point, and I was having a conversation with my mother-in-law, and I told her that I felt like I was a better mom to my children if I wasn't with them all the time. It was just not part of my plan to ever stay home with my children. It wasn't definitely wasn't part of my plan to homeschool. I remember um, one of my best friends from high school, uh, she was trying to conceive and wasn't happening, and uh, they were looking at adoption, and she had told me that she had planned to homeschool her children when she had them. And I was like, why in the world would you ever want to do that to your kids? Why would you do that to yourself? Um and it's so funny now because she has children now and she does not homeschool. <laughs> and I said that I would never homeschool and here we are. But God, but God, that's always the key. But God, oh, he had different plans. When my oldest was about to start kindergarten, like I said, he made it clear that we were to homeschool. Now, I didn't like this. I was still, you know, I didn't accept this gracefully and, and run with it. Oh, no. I argued. I grumbled. I tried to refuse. But, you know, when God calls you to something, 
there's really no denying it. And so we began homeschooling. But I had to continue. Um, I had to exert my control over the situation. So I crossed my arms, stumped my feet, and said, okay, God, I'm going to homeschool, but I'm going to continue working full-time as a nurse because that's what I want to do. It will fit homeschooling around my schedule. That was my plan. And that's what we did. My husband and I, we worked separate schedules. Um, he, I worked day shift. He worked night shift. And I would try to homeschool as I came home in the afternoon. And, you know, that really didn't work out perfectly. And we, so we'd end up doing some school on the weekends. And, and this is what we did for about four years. And you want to talk about chaos. It was absolutely insane. But then... God began working on my heart, and he began changing my heart and changing my feelings, and I began to desperately want to come home full-time with my children. I wanted to be that stay-at-home homeschooling mom. I didn't want to have to divide myself anymore. I had in my mind that everything would be easier if I could just come home and, and homeschool and not have to work outside the house. That, that's what I thought would happen. Um, You know, it's that grass is always greener outlook. Um, But we had major financial concerns. There is no way we could live off of my husband's salary alone. Um, I had always had a larger income than he did, and and we just weren't sure how we could make that work. Um, So it didn't look like that was a a possible option. Um, Little did I know that in a few short months, that God would close the door in my nursing career and he would blow the roof off of this little hobby I had that was called blogging. I had started my blog, like I said, just to document our homeschooling journey. That was it. It was like a scrapbook for our homeschool. I had no intention that it would ever do anything else. I had no clue that it ever could do anything else. But he did. And boy, did he ever So here we are, three years later, and I thought that my life was chaotic back then, remember? (laughs) Well, running a six-figure blogging business and homeschooling my two daughters, one of which is a competitive gymnastics, and if you have a child in competitive gymnastics, you know just what that entails, that it entails 16-plus hours of practice a week, not including the traveling out of state for seven to ten gymnastics meets between January and April each year. Um, I have another daughter who does five types of dance. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, life is crazy, crazy, crazy now. Yes, I'm overwhelmed. And, yes, I am like just like that Facebook meme that's floating around now that you've probably seen that says I'm not an early bird and I'm not a night owl. I'm more like an exhausted pigeon. That's me. I'm that exhausted pigeon. But I'm one blessed pigeon. And you know what? I'm still relatively sane because I've become quite well-versed in preserving my sanity in the midst of all this chaos that's happening in my life. Um, It's kind of become a coping mechanism because, because everything was so chaotic for so long. I had to learn how to, to keep my balance. Because if not, I would just be in a complete state of overwhelm all the time. And you know that's no fun. So I've learned 
through trial and error and through failing a whole lot, that there are seven practices that I absolutely, positively must have in play in order to keep me from drowning in the sea of craziness that surrounds me every single day. And I have a feeling you guys probably know exactly what that sea of craziness feels like because I have a feeling that most of you guys are probably swimming in that sea of craziness right now. But as long as you can find a balance, you can stay afloat, and you can start to thrive in that sea of craziness. So these seven practices that I absolutely have to live by right now are, number one, embrace the chaos. This was hard for me. Nobody really likes chaos, right? Some people do. I think some people thrive in craziness. Um, I'm not one of those people. But chaos is a fact of life. And I remember right after our second year of homeschooling, I went to our state homeschool convention, which I absolutely love attending each year, and I was talking with a speaker there who had a large number of kids. And she asked me how many children I had, and I said, I have two. And she said, I remember she just got this this look on her face, and she says, oh, my goodness, that must be a walk in the park. And I was dumbfounded. I mean, I was just completely floored. Really? That's what this this life should be like? It should feel like a walk in the park because what I was experiencing at that point in my life just felt nothing like a walk in the park. So I automatically assumed that I was doing something horribly, horribly wrong. And, you know, that comment and those feelings stuck with me. And it stuck with me for years. It stuck with me until I began working from home. And I remember thinking, remember I had said that I thought that life would be so much easier if I could just leave my full-time outside-the-home job and come home with my daughters. I remember thinking that everything would just fall into place and homeschooling would be so much easier if I didn't have to work and and outside the home. And I just I remember having that, that thought in my head. And, and remembering that, is when it all clicked for me. And I realized that life is just chaotic. And we always think that our lives are more chaotic than someone else. We always think that our lives are just that much more busy than the lady down the street. And she must have it so easy because her kids aren't doing this and she doesn't have this deadline to take care of and and her husband is home more and and whatever. And we think that if, if we could have just some of that, then our life would be better. And we think that if we could just do X, Y, Z, whatever it is, then things would slow down and our life wouldn't be so chaotic. And once our children get older, then things will be easier and life won't be so chaotic. But no, that's that's not it. There's just a new chaos then. Chaos just takes on a new meaning then. Something changes. You replace one bit of crazy for another bit of crazy, and that's just how it is. Life gets easier when you stop chasing the elusive, less chaotic life and embrace the craziness that God has you in right now. Let me say that one more time. Life gets easier 
when you stop chasing the elusive, less chaotic life and embrace the craziness that God has you in right now. So step one, embrace the craziness. Step two, start the day off right. What you do first thing in the morning influences your entire day. Think about that. Let that sink in. How you wake up tomorrow morning and what you do in those first that first hour that you're awake will influence the entire rest of your day. You have that power. Now, we can't control everything that comes our way. But if we can start the day off on the right foot, then just maybe things will fall into line. So for me, there's a few things that I have to do first thing in the morning every day. I have to wake up early. Now, for me, waking up early just means waking up before my kids. Now, my kids are to the point where they're sleeping. I know some of you are not in that season of life right now. But trust me, one day soon you will be. So I just have to wake up before them. This this is probably different for you. We all have a different time. And after I wake up, I have to have time with Jesus before I have time with the rest of the world. That means for me not grabbing my cell phone and checking my email or checking Facebook first thing in the morning. That's not how I want to spend my entire day. I want to spend the day rooted in Jesus. And if I want to spend the day like that, I have to start the day like that. So I do that, and then I have my cup of comfort, whatever that may be for that day. Is it a hot tea? Is it hot chocolate? Is it a hot cup of coffee? Whatever it is. Then I have to eat breakfast. And this is a new game changer for me. But I have to get something in my stomach. Um, I have to get my blood sugar level from the very beginning. And I have found that that greatly greatly helps my mood throughout the day. Um, I have to get out of my pajamas. Now, notice, I did not say get dressed. I said get out of my pajamas. So that might mean taking my pajamas off and putting workout clothes on or taking my pajamas off and putting yoga pants on. Whatever. I have to get out of my pajamas, though. And that's probably different for for each of you. What makes you feel better? What makes you feel like you're ready for the day? Um, I have to put in my contacts take my glasses off and put in my contacts. And for me, I have to put mascara on. I have a better day if I have mascara on. That seems silly. That seems vain. But it's true. As women, we have these little things. And whatever your little thing is, just do it. Just make a point to do it in the morning. Um, And then I have to review my to-do list because I do better with my day if I have a mental plan in my head. I know what's coming. I know what things I have to get done. I know what things are on the list that if I have time, I'd like to get done. But I know a basic structure of what my day looks like. And this is another key. I know what's for dinner that night. From the very first thing in the morning, that's huge. I need to do that. Um, last Yesterday, I didn't do that. And at 6.30, my husband and I were wondering who's going to go to the store and get what we need to make dinner with. Yeah, that's not fun. That's not fun. So what do we do? Of course, we ended up grabbing takeout because we didn't have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, then you plan to fail, right? And that's what we did. So I have to do those things every single morning. Um, and they greatly help my day. It, it it helps me feel like I have a little bit of control over the day. The day's not controlling me. I'm controlling the day. So that's step two, starting the day off right. Step three is... Learning to say no. 
this was a big one for me, but it's so, so, so important. When we say Matthew Kelly is a popular Catholic speaker, and he quoted this, and I absolutely love it. He said, when we say yes to the things that aren't for us, we miss out on the stuff that God created just for us. I'll say it again. When we say yes to things that aren't for us, we miss out on the stuff God created just for us. And that is so true. We have to learn to say no. We simply can't do it all. I found personally that the perfect recipe for me to crash and burn is often the result of saying yes to one more seemingly good opportunity. It's those things that, that, those little opportunities that just seem like they would be great. And they all add up, and finally that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. It could be one more class at co-op. It could be one more extracurricular activity for my children. It could be one more blog project for me. It could be one more ministry position that I'm asked to lead. And the just one more often leads to a stressed out messy Heather. And so I've gotten really good at saying no, at saying no to myself, at saying no to others, and at saying no to my children. And it's not easy. It is so, so not easy for me. I struggle with this every single day because by nature I'm a people pleaser. I like to pe- I, I like to please people. I like to do for others. I like to make them happy. And oftentimes I will sacrifice my sanity and my stress levels for someone else. And but I've learned that by saying no to those seemingly good opportunities, that I'm saying yes to my family. And that's what's most important, right? That's what's most important. You know, we must take care of those that God has entrusted to us first. So that may mean disappointing someone else. And that might mean saying no to what you think is just an amazing opportunity. But we have to set those limits. Um, I have to set limits with myself because I'm constantly, I'm the queen of coming up with, with business ideas um, and just not having the time to implement them. And I will get so stressed out because I think that every single idea that I have is just something that has to be executed right now. And when I get into those mind frames, my family suffers. I have to set those limits with my children because they don't yet know how to set those limits for themselves. They don't quite understand the protecting and preserving the family first yet. So when my youngest, Nevaeh, came to me earlier this week when we were talking about what extracurricular activity she's going to do for the next school year, she comes to me and she tells me that she wants to do three types of dance and she wants to do soccer and she wants to do CrossFit Kids and she wants to do obstacle course racing. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. There is just no way. And so I had to talk to her and I had to tell her, you know, you can pick two of those things. But it's not good for any of us to be running here and there and here and there every single evening and not ever getting to have any quality time as a family. And we have to protect that quality time first. 
So step three is we have to learn to say no. We have to learn to say no. Step four is along the same lines. And I have developed a love and a need for white space in our calendar. And by white space, I mean exactly what I said, white space, completely blank space that's not written in with doctor's appointments and gymnastics and dance lessons and whatever else may be happening. Each month, we block off two consecutive days that nothing, 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 nothing is allowed to be scheduled on those days. We don't schedule anything on those days. Those days are completely open for us to be as a family and to to really just pour into one another, to know that we're not running here and there unless we decide as a family we want to go somewhere on those days. But it's always just about us, and it's something that everyone in our house has come to look forward to every month. They, My daughters have come to like that time that they know that it's just us, we don't have plans. We're going to do what we want to do, and we're going to be together, and we're going to do it as a family. So I encourage you to, to pick up that practice. If you don't implement any other of these practices this month, do that one. Look at your calendar and pick two consecutive days and keep them clear. And that's for everybody in the household. Keep those days clear. And just see what it does for your family. So step four is have some margin in your life. Step five is have a plan and stick to it. So if you were in the Facebook party, you you heard me say that I'd like to be a free spirit, but in order to preserve my sanity, I need to be organized. And that is the absolute truth for me. Both my children and myself thrive on schedules. And we absolutely know that. Um, on days where we don't have a schedule and we're just free to sort of flounder here and there, um, it's just not good. There's more arguing in our house, I've noticed. Um, yeah, we just we don't do well with that. And so I like to plan as much as I can without being a control freak. Now, I am a recovering control freak. And I've come a long way with this. And I have to give myself some credit here because, let me just tell you, when we began homeschooling, our kindergarten year, keep in mind I had two kindergartners, and the weekend before um, we were to start school, they went to spend the weekend with my parents, and they left our house, they left our home, but they came back to a school. When they came back, I had bulletin boards up through the house, I had their desk set up, and they had pencil boxes on their desk, and they had their little names tags written on their desk, and they came back to a little miniature school at home. They didn't come back to a house or a house. They didn't come back to a home. They came back to a school house, (laughs) really. And I had our kindergarten days planned out in 15-minute increments from 9 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 15-minute increments, everything was planned out. And it was absolutely miserable. They were miserable because they just want to have fun. They want to learn through playing. And they wanted to finger paint. And they wanted to, you know, learn that way. And I wanted them to learn exactly the way I had planned and on my schedule. And it was miserable. So I've come a long way. 
um, in, in my control freak tendencies. So we now have a loose plan for our days, and we try really hard to stick to that loose plan. Um, I found that we my kids do better if they know what to expect. Um, if they know when my work hours are, they do better than than if I don't have set work hours and I am doing little bits of work throughout the day. Um, you know, if I'm constantly attached to my phone and answering emails or if I'm constantly pulling the laptop out to, to do whatever it is I need to do or, you know, replying to comments on Facebook. Um, they do much better if I have a set work hours and I go to the office and I, I get what I need to do done there and then I come out and, and they have full access to me and they're not sharing me with a device. Um, so they do better there. And I do better uh, being a work-at-home mom and all the other moms who work from home can completely testify this. Being a work-at-home mom, it's it's really easy to get into the trap of working all the time. You know, every time that cell phone rings, um, every time the email comes through, every time you get a Facebook notification, um, you have to go deal with it immediately, and you never really have off hours. And that's really dangerous and really detrimental to your family. Um, so I found that you, we we do much better with a with a plan, with a daily plan. And, and a typical day for us is, you know, I wake up seven ish, and I have my morning, my me time and my morning routine till about nine, and then I will work out from starting about nine fifteen to nine fifty. And the girls typically wake up sometime in there, and they get their breakfast, and we start school around ten. And school typically ends about one thirty, and that's when they'll get lunch, and I will head to the office. And I'll stay at the office until about four thirty ish, and then I'll come home, and we'll we'll have our evenings together. Um, and and that works out well for us. And I think it's important to just have a plan and a schedule for whatever, whatever works for your family, um, just to make sure you have your priorities in line and you're giving um, those priorities the appropriate time each day. Um, so that was step five, is to have a plan and stick to it. Uh, step six is to take care of me. I have to make a point to focus on taking care of myself. And this one took me a really long time to learn because I had to learn to respect myself enough to make my health and my hobbies and my emotional and spiritual needs a priority. And I had to learn to respect myself in these ways before I could expect my children to respect my need for mommy time. Does that make sense? So I had to, I had to learn to value these times and to make these times a priority and to, to know that I deserve to have these times um, and that my desires and my hobbies and my emotional and spiritual health are important and they need to be respected. I had to realize all of that before my children could recognize that, oh, hey, mommy's, mommy's raising her devotion. This is her devotion time. Let's entertain ourselves. Let's wait to ask her this question. So I had to respect, learn to respect that time before I could expect them to respect that time. And when um, when my schedule gets full and I neglect my needs, I can be sure that burnout is right around the corner. And so I make this time a priority, and I work it into our calendar. I work it into my daily calendar. I work it into our monthly calendar. And for me, these things are my devotion time. Um, Reading for pleasure, and when I say reading for pleasure, curriculum, 
and parenting books are not allowed. This is me time. Um, another one that I have is at least monthly. I have a monthly date with one of my girlfriends. You know, we might go grab coffee. We might go to lunch. We might get a pedicure. But I make time, I make sure that that time is built into our schedule because it's so important. I need those uh, female relationships. I need those friendships that keep me grounded and those friendships that those friends who will call me out and who will pull me back when I'm going down a bad path or who will be there to speak life into me when I need it. And another thing that goes on our monthly calendar is at least a monthly date night with my husband because that is absolutely vital. We have, ladies, we have to, we have to, we have to make time for our husbands. We have to make him a priority in our lives. We can't be all homeschool all the time. These things are important. These things are needs. And personally, I can't pour into others when I'm dry. So we need to take the time to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of them, so that we can take care of our children, so that we can take care of those important people in our lives. But in order to take care of someone else, you have to first be taken care of. Your needs have to be met, and you have to see that these needs are priorities, and you have to take care of yourself. And that's step six, is to take care of yourself. Step seven, I had to realize that I was never meant to handle it all. And this was absolutely huge for me. And I don't think that I fully realized it. I don't think I fully realized this until this past October when I met Felice at the two-to-one conference that she was referring to as a homeschool blogging conference. My friend Colleen Kessler blogged at uh, Raising Lifelong Learners, and she told me, she said, each day you have to be willing to choose which ball you're willing to drop. Amen. We can't keep all the balls in the air at the same time. We can't do all the things. We just can't. No matter how bad we want to, no matter how bad we think we should, we just can't do all the things all the time. Your husband doesn't expect you to. Believe it or not, he really does not expect you to do it all. Your children, well, they might expect you to, but they're just too young to know better right now. So that doesn't even count. But the big thing is, is God doesn't expect you to. God doesn't expect you to be able to do it all, to do it all. He doesn't expect you to be the perfect wife and the perfect mother and the perfect home educator and the perfect friend and and the perfect uh, homemaker and and the list goes on and on and on and on. He does not expect you to do that. Actually, he knows that you can't. And he's there just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, if you're like me, for you to call out to him, to tell him that he has to show up right now because you just simply can't do it anymore. And when you do that, when you reach that point, that end of you where you can't do anything else, and you reach out and you say, God, listen, you've got to come now. You've got to do this because I'm done. Watch him work because he will. He wants you to learn to depend on him. He wants you to learn to depend on him. Your husband wants you to ask him to help. Believe it or not, he really does. He may seem like he doesn't, but he wants to feel needed. Ask him to help. Ask your kids to help out around the house. Ask a friend to help you. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you're not meant to do it all. We can't do it all. 
We weren't meant to do it all. So that's point seven. So what's the secret to retaining your sanity when chaos abounds? Well, it's these seven practices. And they're practices because, you know why, right? Because they take practice. You can't go out and implement all these tomorrow and expect that it's just going to go perfectly. Trust me, that's not how it's worked with me. It's been years in the making of me figuring out how in the world I could stay afloat in this crazy life. And some days, I simply don't. Some days, I just pack it up and say, you know what, I'll try again tomorrow because today it's just not working. And that's okay. That's okay. There are blessings in those bad days as well. So I encourage you to pick a couple of these to focus on for one month and then begin to add more and watch what happens in your life. So just a quick recap here. These seven practices to retaining your sanity in a crazy, crazy, chaotic world that we live in. One, embrace the chaos. Chaos is part of life. It happens. Learn to embrace it. Two, start the day out right. What you do first thing in the morning influences your entire day. Make it count. Three, learn to say no. Learn to say no. Those seemingly good opportunities will pile up and be the straw that breaks the camel's back. We've got to learn to say no. Step four, create margin and learn to appreciate and make a priority to have that white space in your calendar. Step five, have a plan and stick to it. Let it be a loose plan. Don't be a control freak. Have a plan. Let your kids know what to expect. Let yourself know what to expect. Step six, take care of you. You're important. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And finally, step seven, realize you were never meant to handle it all. We can't handle it all, but we know who can. And sometimes we just have to get to where we say, God, I can't do it anymore, but you can. And trust that, that he'll handle it, because we can't. So if you follow those seven practices, I promise, I promise you'll start to learn how to retain your sanity. No matter what's going on around you, your sanity will stay intact, because you are making a priority to take control of the situation. Thank you so much, Felice, for having me here tonight. Um, I pray that my talk was a blessing to all of those homeschool moms who are, or moms in general who are listening, and I pray that they will find a few pieces of um, hope and practical advice that they can take away from the session tonight. Oh, Heather, that was great. I really enjoyed it. And you want to know what one of my favorite things you said tonight? Uh, um it was about the white space. Yes. I just love that, you know, because it just it's seems so like, important. Yeah, and and I think that's something that I just don't leave enough time for that. And uh, I've been doing better. Um, last summer I actually read um, some fun books. My daughter likes to read a lot, and sometimes she'll have me read some of what she's reading, and then we get to talk about it, and that's really fun. But um, I don't have that much time really to read, so um, I think that's what I would do. If someone said, what would you like to do with your time, and, and I would just sit and read, but then I feel like I'm wasting a lot of time with all these other things because I'd like to be productive, and I am a control freak. I'm <laughs> trying not to be. <laughs> oh, funny. 
Well, we have some questions here, and uh, let's okay. get to them. So, um, okay, so one question is, what is the best way to get followers? I've been at the blog thing for a few years now, but my followers are low. Is it necessary to hire marketing help? Um, I don't think it's necessary in the beginning. Um, I think you said it. You've been at it for a few years, um, but your followers are low. So my question would be, what are you doing to attract followers? Um, followers will come through quality, consistent content. Um, they'll know what to expect from you and what to expect from your blog, um, and they will know that you will are there to meet their needs. So you um as a as a successful blogger I think you really have to know what your readers' needs are and how you can meet them. So I would encourage you to focus on that and um don't be afraid to promote yourself. Um especially when you're when you're really trying to start gaining your followers. Um people can't follow you if they don't know that you're there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Very really good. important. Get involved in Facebook groups, um groups that will allow you to sh- to share your posts and um I know you know, blog link-ups and stuff are, are pretty good for when you're first starting out. Um, if you're looking for email subscribers, if that's what you mean by followers, um, I would encourage you to take a look at what are you doing to entice them to sign up? Um, are you giving them freebies? Uh, my email subscribers I really try to take good care of. Um, I do email-only series that just go out to my email subscribers. Um, I do freebies that only only my subscribers get. Um, so I try to really make them feel valued. Uh, so that was my suggestion to you is to just take a look at what you're doing and, and look at it from a reader's perspective and see um, are you are you meeting their needs and, and what are you doing to encourage them to follow you. And that's very good. It's just like um, what we did tonight with Mommy Jammies. We have a party favors page, but that's only available um, with a special code to get in for those who are here tonight. And you do have a week to access them, but they're only, um, you know, available, like the, only the people that are here will get that code. So, um, you know, it's it's always um, fun to do things like that, and, and it does encourage people to, to take that time, especially if it's important to them. So I think that's, that was great advice. Um, Heather. Okay, so we have another question here, and it's um, how do you find balance between the flexibility that we can have as homeschooling, work-at-home moms, and the schedule we need to keep? I would like to help out family members. I have a father-in-law who needs to be driven to doctor appointments occasionally, but I almost feel as though the fact that I rearrange things to take him means people think I'm not really working or busy. Mm. Um, there, I would... I would encourage you to just not worry about what people think. And, you know, that's that's been something that's been hard for us. My husband also Mm -hmm. works from home. So this is something that we've struggled with is people think that since we're home basically all day that we must be able, you know, we must be available to to help them with whatever they need whenever they need it. And we're we're not doing anything else. So, you know, why not? So I would encourage you to, to look at two things to to value your time and to to know what you need to get done. But as far as if you want to be there to help out, you know, this family member to get to doctor's appointments or whatnot, and you have the time to do that, and you're making that a priority, 
And I really wouldn't worry about what other people are thinking about that. And I would let your children see that, hey, you are serving others. You know, you've made this a priority. You're taking the time out to to help somebody else, even when you should be working or you should be doing something else, whatever that means for you. Um, right. I think that's important. Um, I think it's important for your kids to see that, that, you know, we family comes first and we ha- we have to serve our family. Right. And I've written things at doctor's offices. I, I had um, the series of novels we have, the Two Secrets Mystery Series. Every one of those study guides was written away from home, either while I was waiting for, you know, the color on my hair to get done, mm-hmm. or um, I, I remember one of my sons had surgery, and um, he fell on his hand years ago just playing football in the yard, and apparently the bone died and we didn't know it and he started having issues with it well anyway it turned out to be this major operation and I was of course stressed and my husband was working and the little ones were somewhere else so just being able to sit there and work on something um, that was not mindless but not I didn't have to you know it wasn't like um, you know I needed total concentration I could just sit there and kind of block out everyone else in the room and that was that was a blessing for me. Just you know, I didn't um, just sit there for hours and you know wonder mm-hmm. if everything was okay. So, I mean, you can take your work on the road, which is really nice, and I've done that as well. But I think your advice, um, again, Heather, is perfect. And and I think we all have a hard time, don't we? Um, you know, worrying about what people think because you know we don't want it to be you know, to be rude either, so. We do, yeah. It's it's a really hard balance to find. Um, and I think that people who have never worked at home, and um, I think it's just completely foreign to them. They, you know, they mm-hmm. really, I don't think right. that they necessarily mean harm by their comments, um, but I think that they just really don't have a clue. And, right. you know, we just have well, to How do you pay your bills? Them and, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know. Right. So, so sure. And even, even homeschooling, I remember somebody saying, well, you're homeschooling, you know, you can do this. And, and Uh even being on committees. And then I realized, um, you know, slowly that, you know, I'm thinking, ah, you know, how come this person's wife isn't doing anything and he's having us do all these things on a homeschool committee. And, um, you know, and it was just, I, I started really listening in. And it was, you know, whoever's willing to volunteer and do it. And, of course, you want to get things done. And most of us at homeschool are self-starters, and so we do volunteer. So I, I did a lot of that early on, and and, um, and I think that's probably some of the best advice you gave as well tonight, Heather. You gave so many good points. Um, but that that is um, so good to learn how to say no. Okay, so we have it's, another it's question. It is. No, it is. You're right. Um, okay, so another question here. Um, how do I get time away from me um, and date time when you have a special needs kid um, that no one wants to be around or help with? His sister needs time away oh. too, but if I step away, she has to be there for him. Oh, that's tough. Um, surely, you know, is is there someone Someone that that loves this child enough who 
will step in. You know, that that's really tough. Um, right. Wow. Um, you know, I wish so I was closer. I've actually, I've I've met this family. So, and I love uh-huh. I love her son. Um, when I met him, he she listened to a lot of our podcasts and um, expos. And when he met me, he said, "Oh, Miss Felice, I know you. You're a television star." Because <laughs> he'd see me uh-huh. or he'd hear my voice, not see me, but hear my voice on the computer, and it was really cute. But um, oh, yeah. Does he? I would ask. Does he have? any friends that you could swap babysitting with. You know, we've done that with some of our friends before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, they'll keep our kids one night while we go out, and then we'll swap with them, and we'll keep theirs while they go out. Um, maybe he would be more comfortable with, with a friend, and a friend's parents maybe would, you know, have more insight into his needs if they're around him more often, you know, because of the friendship already being there. I don't know. That's really tough. Yeah, that is. Well, we'll keep you in prayer, definitely. And, you know, and also um, we're just going to pray for you specifically for that as well as all the other issues. Um, There's there's a lot happening in their lives. And that is one of the blessings of having this time together with all of you. And Heather, thank you so much um, for sharing your time because we do minister a lot. Uh, to special needs families that can't get out. And this is their one uh, time to be able to, you know, get some encouragement and, you know, listen to podcasts like this and read your blog. Um, you know, again, it's lifeofahomeschoolmom.com. And um, Heather has does take care of her subscribers and does have lots of um, great things that she sends out via email and she doesn't overdo it. You know, sometimes we sign up for these things and we think, you know, how often are we asked, Heather, when you go to the store, you know, do you want to be on our our email mm-hmm. list? Uh, no. <laughs> That's the first thing we say, yet we want people on our list. And, um, but they, you know, they're just, they just send out way too much information. So, um it's really nice, though. Um, Heather does have, you know, really great, great stuff on there, and especially help for homeschool moms. So that's wonderful. But Heather, I want to thank you so much again for coming on tonight and um, sharing with us. And uh, looking forward to um, hearing more um, about what you're going to be doing upcoming, um, as well as, um, you know, listening and, and reading your blog. So thanks again for coming. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was great to be here tonight. Well, thanks. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. I'm so happy you came to Mommy Jammy's Night. Please drop my guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with me on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page or via email. God's blessings upon you and your family. Thanks for joining us.